Medical Monday is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Discam. Pharmacists to care. And good morning to you. It's Kathy Kayla here. And uh, thank you so much for staying with 101.9 High FM. Every Monday we talk medical conditions so that you can understand, not just to create paranoia so that you think that you have it afterwards. I mean, you should see me after we've discussed a uh, you know, a show on Alzheimer's, any or prostate cancer. That was the one that really got me. Anyhow, um, jokes aside, I was actually at the hairdresser a while ago, and there was a lady sitting in the chair next to me, and um, the, the, she had two hairdressers working on her, and they were plaiting tiny, tiny little hairs, and then they were sewing um, hair extensions on to her hair and it's the first time that I've actually seen a woman with alopecia alopecia being hair loss and uh, I thought you know what I think we should discuss this and we should talk about it because I think that more it's affecting more and more people and there's a number of different reasons for that so uh, we called up our friends <laughs> from uh, your specialists in hair loss and uh, I'm welcome I'd like to welcome Dr. Ryan Jankalovitz. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Kathy. Welcome to High FM. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Is alopecia a specific condition, or is it a term given to general hair loss? Yes, so alopecia is the medical term for hair loss. So when, uh, whenever we, we say a person has alopecia or... Um, the various types of alopecia, we generally mean hair loss, and it covers the broad spectrum of hair loss. So any type of hair loss is, strictly speaking, alopecia. Okay. Mm. What are the different types of... Okay, let's just talk about what causes hair loss generally. Yes. And then I want to talk about the different types of alopecia. Okay. So essentially, when we talk about hair loss, it's important to know that everybody... Uh, loses some hair on a daily basis. That's completely normal. Our hairs go through two main phases, a growth phase and a rest phase. And when hair comes out of the rest phase, generally speaking, that's when the little hair is shed and a new hair starts to grow. Really? That's how it works. So hair, sh- hair shedding is completely normal. The prob- How many? Good question. So some very bored scientist somewhere has sat down and has has done a study and about 50 to 150 hairs every single day so if you're seeing hair on your shedding all over the place we are the difference between us and animals is that animals shed at the same time that's you know for example the animals that live in in snow they'll grow thick coats during the winter and they will shed vast uh, amounts of hair right they molt absolutely uh, whereas humans, generally 90% of the hair on our head is growing, while only 10% of our head is resting. Now, I'm not saying that 10% of your head is shed, but 50 to 150 hairs in that resting group are moving out of the rest phase back into the growth phase, and so they are shed. And 50 to 150 hairs on a daily basis move out of the growth phase into the rest phase. So if you're seeing hair on your pillow 
or hair in the shower, that's absolutely normal. When the numbers increase and there are different types of conditions that can shift hair out of that growth phase into the rest phase, so instead of having the 90-10 split, you've now, say, got the 80-20 split, that can mean as many as 100 to 300 hairs a day. So that's one form of hair loss, shedding. Okay. The other form of hair loss that most men are unfortunately afflicted with is male pattern balding. So important to differentiate between shedding and balding. Balding is a totally different process. That's a very, very gradual, we call it miniaturization of the hair uh, shaft, the hair follicle, and it starts as early as puberty in most men. So, as soon so you actually don't really stand a chance well, if you have it in your genes. Twi- uh, yes. So, well, there are medications that can prevent that hair loss or re- reduce it, um, and we can talk about that a little bit later. Right, new balmy uh, presents. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime subscrip- prescription <laughs> of finasteride. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. That might become popular. Um, but, yeah, as a rule, 80% of men are, um, have a genetic predisposition to male pattern hair loss. There's a very, very lucky select group of 20% of men that will never lose their hair. But the vast majority of men, um, and I know Jewish men seem to think that they are more afflicted, but they're not. It's it's across all races, across um, all religions. It's totally the only group, or the only religion that had, tends to have increased hair loss, interestingly enough, are the Sikhs. And that's from something called traction alopecia. So their turbans that they wear, um, puts a lot of tension on the hair, and that can cause balding over time. Okay, so that's our African tra- uh, right, community also, also. Absolutely. Right. So if you are putting extreme tension on the hair for long periods of time, by you know months to years, that can also damage the hair follicle permanently. But generally speaking, uh, we have two different types of alopecia. We have shedding. Uh, which we call an effluvium, the scientific word, or we have balding. Um, and that we call generally male pattern hair loss is called uh, alopecia androgenetica or androgenetic um, alopecia, male is, pattern balding. Isn't hair also um, hair loss mm. or unusual hair loss that doesn't fall into either this effluvium, this, this shedding or male pattern balding or traction alopecia? Um, if you're still losing your hair, and it's mm. not one of those three, it can be an indication of something more sinister and more serious, like an iron deficiency. So, uh, in, in, interestingly, iron deficiency falls into that shedding group, and uh, so there's a there's a there's a positive spin, is that shedding is not usually a permanent condition. It will continue as long as the underlying problem is there. But once you are able to treat or identify the cause, that's why a diagnosis is so important, you can then go on to correct that deficiency, for example, if it's an iron deficiency or a thyroid deficiency, and those hair follicles will grow back. So things like iron deficiency, severe, severely stressful environments, be it emotional or physical, um, calorie restricted diets, uh, major surgery, 
major depression, chronic medication, including chemotherapy, these all cause shedding. But it's temporary. And it's temporary. Once those conditions are corrected, that hair should grow back. I'm speaking to Dr. Ryan Jankalovitz. He's a specialist in uh, in hair hair restoration. Restoration, yeah. exactly. So uh, if you've got any questions, then you know, have the conversation. I, I want to ask you: Do you suffer from hair loss? Is it something that you know you're losing your hair? Perhaps uh, menopause has kicked in because menopause Absolutely. is another one of those. Uh, conditions, I think, that cause hair loss. Um, is it something that you want or need to have treated? You know, hair, you know, it's referred to as your cl- crowning glory. You know, it's one of the first things that people see about you and they can make assumptions about you based on your hair, what you're wearing, how you're wearing it. You know, is it something that you want to have treated? Something, if you, if you suffer from uh, hair loss. Also, if you've got any questions around hair loss, you're welcome to send them through. And here's how you get in touch. You can send us WhatsApp or Telegram on 061-895-1019. You can send us an SMS, old school. Uh, the charge at one rand fifty and the number there is three four five one nine. You can email on air at highfm.com and uh, you can even yeah, I think we'll leave it at that. Alright, so uh we're talking alopecia, we're talking hair loss. It's something that affects most people in our lives. It really is a minority. What was that stat that you gave? So uh, 80% of men will lose, will lose their hair. But women, between 12 and 18% of women before menopause will lose, uh, may have a hair condition or hair loss. But after menopause, the stats go as high as 50%. So 50% of women can have hair loss after menopause, and that really is an indication of how important uh, hormones are in, 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 in general hair condition. Hair says so much about our general health. Absolutely. It really does. I, I know that, um, you know, even if they want, if they do, if they, you know, forensically, mm. if they want to look at if somebody has been poisoned, that's what they do is they take different segments of the hair and they look at that and Absolutely. they can see going back exactly when somebody was given cyanide or arsenic or whatever it was. For sure. Hair is important. You, and hair is a really, I mean, uh, I, I was, we were just chatting a little bit be, uh, before the interview and I was saying that in medical school, because hair is not considered life or death, uh, there's very little time uh, allocated to lectures on hair. And um, I didn't realize how interesting and how involved the whole uh, area of, of hair was until I met Dr. Larry Gershowitz, who is uh, the senior partner in our practice in Cape Town. And, you know, he opened my eyes to all things hair, to be honest. And it's a fascinating subject. There's just so much to learn, so much that we know, but also so much that we don't know. The biggest problem, I think, is that hair, as you say, is such a uh, important part of one's general appearance that hair loss has is still remains taboo. So um, people don't like to talk about it. Um, there's I think l- especially with women. Absolutely. And, and we know that psychologically it may not be a physical 
um, affliction uh, in the sense that this is not going to affect you uh, on, a, on a, you know, it's not a terminal condition, but on an emotional level, women suffer is tremendously from hair loss. Um, our society doesn't, uh, is not as um, understanding of women losing their hair as they are of men. Um, and so it's become very trendy for men also. Yeah, these days men, men can just, shave Yeah, they hair. just shave it. And, and you know. we consult, our practice primarily deals with hair transplants. So that's the, the main focus of our practice. I want to find um, out about that. Yeah, we can ch- chat about that as well. But on many occasions, we will encourage our patients not to have a hair transplant because the the aesthetic appearance of a shaved head these days can be far more appealing than being definitely a, yeah. than, than a comb over absolutely <laughs> you know and shave I mean our our, our, our parents and our grandparents <laughs> they had to do that because if, you know if you had a, a shaved head you were a right wing uh, fascist right. you know these days having a bald head can be really sexy you know some of the top Hollywood movie stars have got shaved heads so. Um, but now more, more so than ever, there are ways to address these problems and perhaps we can chat a little bit about that as well. All right. And we're going to do that right after this. Medical Monday is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Discam. Pharmacist to care. I'm Kathy Kayla. Thank you so much for joining me on this Discam Medical Monday. Thank you to, to Discam. And my guest in studio is Dr. Ryan Jankalovitz. He's a specialist in uh, hair restoration. He's a partner in uh, in a practice where they actually specialize in this in Cape Town. And um, we're talking about alopecia. You know, I remember years ago finding out that amongst South Africa's black women, there is a growing, al- there's this growing alopecia. Absolutely. Because when you do a weave... Or you do, I mean, one of these magnificent styles, right, with the braids or cornrows or anything like that, it actually pulls and it damages the follicle. Exactly. Can that hair ever be regrown? Good question. So, uh, Kathy, you know, that type of hair loss, uh, the scientific n- uh, name is, is traction alopecia, or, or it's, it's uh, the recognized term. And... Traction alopecia, unfortunately, if if that hair is uh, under tension for too long, uh, f- results in the one type of uh, hair loss that we were talking about, which is scarring alopecia. And unfortunately, with scarring alopecia, um, once that follicle is gone, it's gone forever. And the only way to get hair to grow in that area of skin, again, is to move it from one part of the scalp where there's still hair and place it in another. <coughs> Pardon me. And that's what we call a hair transplant. So essentially, the only treatment for long-term traction alopecia is a hair transplant. Um, in saying that, if you identify the traction alopecia early on, it, it's much easier to, well, there is a chance of reversing the process. So as long as the little hair follicle is still viable, a hair can grow. Uh, but once that follicle is gone, it's gone forever. So when you say that that hair follicle has been pulled for too long. What, yes. How long is too long? Yeah, there is no, I mean, we're not talking about a day or two. We're talking about weeks, months, months oh, to months. years. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, I mean, you can see it so clearly. 
you know, many beautiful, beautiful black women yes. have a receding hairline. And it's it's generally the front section. The front yeah, it's the front section that actually frames your face. Absolutely. That, that's just missing. The tricky thing is that uh, traction alopecia uh, very closely mimics an autoimmune form of hair, uh, hair loss called frontal fibrosing alopecia. Um, so doctors who are diagnosing traction alopecia just need to be extra, uh, you know, extra careful that they are not missing something called frontal fibrosing alopecia. The importance uh, there is that uh, because it's an autoimmune condition, this frontal fibrosing alopecia, if one tries to do a hair transplant, um, we take good hair from the back of the scalp and move it to the area in the front. Uh, that hair will only grow temporarily before the body identifies it as a foreign body and it, it essentially elim- your, your body eliminates that follicle. Yeah, that's what, that's what happens with autoimmune disease. And the way to um, identify between the two is to do a biopsy. So if we send a small sample of skin to the lab, they can look at that skin um, in various uh, sections and they can tell us whether or not this is an autoimmune condition or whether this is just a follicle that's been pulled for too long and is now there's scar tissue in the area. So both of those conditions fall into the group of scarring alopecia or cicatricial alopecia. Um, And then the male pattern hair loss, uh, that falls in the group of non-scarring alopecia. So two broad uh, groups of alopecia, the scarring and the non-scarring. Which one's easier to treat? I would say... You know, this uh, definitely the non-scarring treat in terms of transplant. The similarity that both have is that once that follicle is gone, there, there's only one way of getting hair to grow. If the condition is ongoing in the sense of an autoimmune condition where the body continues to identify that hair follicle as being foreign, there you cannot do a hair transplant. And that's where uh, we're trying to make um, advancements as far as medical treatment is concerned. So there are treatments known as, for example, the JAK inhibitors, which were originally used in rheumatoid conditions, um, which have shown very promising results in patients with uh, scarring alopecias or, or autoimmune conditions, I should say, that have resulted in hair loss. So um, it looks like the the scarring alopecias we're relying more and more on um uh medical um solutions whereas the non scarring we can still use hair transplants to uh restore hair in areas that it's been that it's been lost aside from hair loss mm. which you might find on your pillow yes. what are the early signs that you might actually be going bald so for young men, um, the pattern is, is quite common. It's either the, y- the yarmulke, you know, the crown of the head, uh, or the temples, the, that we call it the frontotemporal angle, which is kind of that receding, uh, hairline right. that most men tend to see. That can start as early as puberty. So some young men, unfortunately, can, and it can be very accelerate, you know, very aggressive. They can be bald by as early as 18. 
2018. Yeah. That, proce- that process starts as soon as boys start producing more testosterone. As their levels of testosterone start going up, they start producing more of a byproduct called DHT, dihydrotestosterone. And amazingly enough, DHT um, makes the hair on the rest of the body grow, oh, but gosh. the hair on the crown of a man's head and the front of his head fall out. So it's the same hormone. The hormone is like a postman. It's delivering a message. What the cell does with that message is what makes the, this very, you know, incredible dichotomy, you know, right. that the hair on the top of the head gets the message. Everything's reversed. Switch then. off and the hair on the rest of the body grow. So as we hit puberty, we develop body hair and, you know, hair on our faces. They call them the secondary sexual characteristics. But in 80% of men, it also starts to switch off uh, hair growth on the top of your head. Um, now, there are medications which we've developed that can uh, block that effect. So what, what that medicine does is it, um, it counteracts a, an enzyme that, res- that is responsible for um, converting the testosterone into DHT. So you reduce the levels of DHT and less hair is affected by that hormone. Absolutely yeah. fascinating. The, Unfortunately, the body is incredible. The body is, am- is amazing. And, and you know, uh, every day we're learning more. You know, the real solution as far as hair uh, w- uh, loss will, will be the stem cell technology that is being v- very aggressively investigated. But we just haven't found a way to take a stem cell and turn it into a new hair. But it's very, it's very close. If one looks at a baby, I mean, you're talking now about stem cells and, you know, let's look at birth. You were saying that, you know, hair loss can begin for, for males, you know, in their, in their teens. Absolutely. If you look at a baby, some yes. babies are born with this mop of hair and the poor mother had terrible heartburn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, and other babies can be completely bald until their second birthday. Yes. Is that an indication of how much hair they will have in their life and balding patterns? I, I have there been any I studies? No, I don't believe that there's any indication. You know, that initial hair, uh, we call uh, the very first hair is lanugo hair, but the very fine baby hair we call vellus hair. And that persists on the rest of your body where you don't have, you know, thick hair like on your head. Uh, those vellus hairs are present on every area of your body other than the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet and, and your eyeballs and, you know, the, the mucosa. Inside your mouth, yeah. Exactly. But on the outside, on the skin, you've got those vellus hairs all over your whole body. Now, under the influence of this DHT hormone, those hairs, um, the, the, the growth phase of that hair gets longer and those hairs get longer and darker. And that happens on your entire body except in a man on the scalp, on the top of his head, in the crown and in the temples, uh, it slowly switches off the production of hair. In the, um, I think it was the ancient Romans, yes. they treated hair loss by rubbing an onion. They used to cut an onion and they used to rub the onion oil on their hair. Yes. Or on their heads yes. in order to to stimulate growth. Okay. Do, shampoo, do shampoos and products like that work? That's a great question. And, and I'm really glad you asked it, Kathy, because, you know, we, we're seeing patients on a daily basis who are spending 
absolute fortunes on on hair treatments and in terms of medical or topical treatments for hair loss there have only ever been two drugs approved for the reversal of hair loss one is a drug called minoxidil uh, which was Rogaine or Regain was the original oh. American brand. Um, it was also uh, used to treat blood pressure, but it became Minoxidil. a fame minoxidil. The other is a drug called Finasteride, which its brand name was the original. The original brand name was Propecia, and there's many generics out. One of them is Finpecia. Um, but of all the um, Medic medicines and cocktails available. The only two that have ever been clinically shown to improve hair loss are those two. Now, the question is then, why will some people swear that they use the horse shampoo? Or they that horse shampoo don't knock. You see now, I'll t- manes I'll t- and tails. Okay, uh, and I'll explain <laughs> to you. I'll explain to you how it works. Really? Absolutely. N- and not that it works, but how it works. And it goes back to it goes back. Craig, have you been using mane and mane and tail? <laughs> Your hair's got Craig's a got lot. great hair. No, Craig's my my uh, <laughs> my engineer. So um, the it goes back to that uh, shedding. That we were talking about What will happen is someone will have A s- surgery Or um, they'll Start on a, a short Chronic you know Subchronic dose of medication And they'll be on the, the Medicine for three months And three months after Starting the medicine they'll suddenly have This rapid hair loss This shed this We call it a telogen effluvium Yeah and panic stations, the person runs off to the pharmacy and buys, the pharmacist recommends the latest caffeine shampoo. I'm so happy you mentioned caffeine. I want to ask you about Absolutely. Caffeine. You know, okay. um, and the person will use the caffeine shampoo for a month with, with no real improvement. The second month, their friends now getting involved, and they're saying, "Listen, I took Bob Martin." Bob Martin, we used to take those. At school. You know, you know all the secrets so, about these hair. are these are these are the what do they call them? The um, urban legends of but Bob Martins. We would swear okay. that they that they make your so hair. So the grow. second month, you take the Bob Martin. Bob Martin's dog conditioning tablets, and you take your. Did Bob you ever take them, Craig? Craig thinks this is hilarious. <laughs> so you take your Bob Martins and nothing happens. And your second friend says to you in the third month, listen, I know Forget the dogs, try the horse Try the horse shampoo. And what's happened now is that your hair has gone through a full cycle. Your hair sits in that rest phase for three to four months. And after that four-month period, as long as you've treated that underlying problem, or the stress has gone away, or you're off the medication, or you've suddenly increased the iron in your diet, the hair starts growing again. And you will swear on everyone and anyone that you love that it was the horse shampoo that fixed your hair. It, it, that hair would have come back anyway. And that's a fact. So if you, we, we, we talk about these shampoos as car polish. This is, I have to uh, give credit where credit due. This is Larry's uh, analogy. But, you can buy expensive car polish and you can buy cheap car polish. The expensive car polish may shine the car a little bit more than the cheap car polish, mm. but neither is going to change the engine. 
neither one of those uh, shampoos is going to take your, is your Toyota and make it into a Mercedes. A Ferrari or yeah. a Lamborghini. And that's a fact. So our suggestion is find a hair shampoo that fits your budget, that makes your hair feel good, and it may give it body, it may... You know, in, improve the moisture content of the hair, but it's not going to stimulate growth. If you're buying hair shampoos to stimulate hair growth, you're wasting your money. You're better it's off with the medication. Yeah. That's what we're saying. So there are there are some uh, substances that can help certain conditions. So Onion, onions, like so the Romans. I can't speak directly to onions, and there may be some DHT inhibiting element. Oh, you know, there's a substance called saw palmetto, which w- many men will use over the counter. It has a very weak DHT blocking effect. So it blocks that same enzyme that this very potent drug that we were talking about, finasteride, but not to the degree that it will reverse hair loss. It may slow the process very gradually. There's been one study that shows that saw palmetto can reduce the rate of hair loss, but one. Whereas a drug like finasteride, there's been thousands of studies that have shown that in 100% of men using the the product, it will stop hair loss. 30% of the men... It only stops hair loss, but 60% of men, it can actually reverse the process of miniaturization. So that balding process, uh, the word we use to describe it is miniaturization because what happens is this very thick, uh, we call it a terminal hair, that's been aff- or that's been afflicted by this DHT hormone that's constantly being hammered by it, slowly miniaturizes. The growth phase becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. Like Benjamin Button. It's the exa- it's exactly it's Benjamin Button. So if you can block the production of that DHT hormone, specifically in the hair follicle, which is where finasteride works, you can prevent hair loss, and to some degree reverse it. So in 60% of men, we see reversal. Now, I'm sure that there are a lot of listeners who have done research and have looked at the, you know, on the Internet about Finpecia, and it's a very common complaint. Before um, I start any patient, a lot of men will say that I've been on the Internet and I've seen these horrific side effects, and I would much rather lose my hair. Um, and we can perhaps discuss some I, of that. I'll I chat think let's to you. do that now. Yeah. Can, so do you want to do it now? Absolutely. Talk about, okay. Let's talk about side effects. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you said that there's there's two different drugs that are effective in in hair loss. Absolutely. Right. Yes. In treating hair loss. So two. Yes. So the, the, one the first is one is minoxidil. Minoxidil, exactly. and that's under the brand of Regain. Uh, well, it was. It was. Uh, nowadays, you can buy the generic product. Um, in fact, I know for a while Dischem was stocking it. Um, I don't got think everything. I don't think they're <laughs> stocking it at the moment, and you'll have to ask your sponsors why. Minoxidil. Minoxidil. Okay. Um, but uh, there are um, compounding pharmacists who do mix uh, minoxidil, and we, we as a hair specialist, we stock our own brand of minoxidil. Okay. Now, minoxidil was originally used to treat blood pressure, and uh, what they found was that people were getting unwanted hair growth. So it was an, an oral tablet, and women were growing hair on their face, and their, you know, they didn't, so they stopped using this 
tablet, but they turned it into a topical solution, which was extremely effective. Um, the original 2% solution had to be used twice a day, but there's now a 5% solution that can be used once a day. Now, there are many doctors who Will say... Will all your hair grow? Will all your... Because I think that that's important. Like, if you're going to go on to these, these minox, onto minoxidil treatment. Yes. You don't want the hairs in your nose and your ears no. to be growing like little. Like wildfire. Yes. Absolutely. So <laughs> there is a risk with a 5% solution. A small percentage of people do see unwanted hair growth on slightly lower than their hairline. Okay. So if that happens, you obviously have two choices. You can either remove the hair or you can stop the minoxidil. Um, it, it obviously is not ideal, but the vast majority of people don't have that problem. It stimulates hair that's in the rest phase to go back into the growth phase, and it prolongs the growth phase. So minoxidil is a fantastic treatment in female pattern hair loss. Does, in terms of hair growth, yes. what is the purpose of the rest phase? Is it not an important part? It's a, absolutely, that's a very good question. So the rest phase, you know, there's a, there's a third phase that comes into that rest phase, uh, where the hair actually separates from the underlying tissue and is slowly ejected. I think that it's probably some form of evolutionary, um, design. I'm not sure if you're allowed to discuss such things on high FM. You're allowed to discuss anything <laughs> and everything. But, you know, in, in, in medicine's opinion, there may be uh, an ele- evolutionary element. What's interesting is that we were speaking about some of the conditions that cause shedding. And in, in a sense, what actually happens is when the body is under stress, your hair follicles are very, um, I suppose, the, I don't know if the word's benevolent, but what they say is, listen, the body needs its energy elsewhere. But also think about when you when you get goosebumps. Those hair, That's an absolutely hair follicles stand up. Yeah, so you've got little muscles that attach to the hair follicle. And that's absolutely a design. You know, that's an evolutionary thing when we are uh, f- scared or... Feel cold. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we know that a hair that's standing up, especially if it's a long, thick hair, can, can keep... Uh, warm air close to the body It makes you look bigger and more aggressive You know, if you're a furry animal Which is why cats the, the hair, You know, the hair on the back of a cat When it stands up, it makes that cat look much more scary yeah. To any kind of, So those are definitely You know, hair is an essential part of the body But uh, in terms of illness If we get sick our, uh, uh, That's why we often have shedding hair Because what happens is The hairs on your head say the body needs its energy elsewhere. We're not going to uh, waste energy growing uh, hair. We're just going to go into a rest phase. And at the end of that rest phase, that hair sheds, and you see more than that usual 50 to 150 hairs being lost every day. Okay, we were talking I, – I digress. I took you in a completely different direction. Right. We are talking about the side effects yes. of the two different drugs okay. that, can, that can be used to treat yes. alopecia. Yes. So the first being minoxidil. So the side effects of minoxidil – uh, as a topical solution, the most common is unwanted hair growth, and the second is there can be a reaction to the solution itself. So there can be an allergic dermatitis, a contact dermatitis. If that happens, one can try an alternative to the uh, solution. There is a foam available as well, and 
uh, many people who have a sensitivity to the phone uh, to the solution can use the foam without a problem. The problem with these uh, all these treatments is that if you stop using them, you lose the effect of the treatment. So it's long term. So you once have you're on it, you're on it. Absolutely. Uh, it, the truth is, so it's not a cure; it's a treatment. No, that's it. It's there is there is no cure as yet. Uh, the cures come on the side of the of the shedding. And transplants. Yeah, absolutely. So a transplant, if it's done... Okay, we're going to get to transplants in later, a second. Later, yeah. Because I definitely want to talk to you about transplants. Let's talk a little bit about the side effects of finpecia. Okay. Because those are usually the ones I hear about most. Because young men will come in. They're absolutely uh, devastated. They've started balding. Uh, they want to take something to stop the hair loss, but they are so scared about the the sexual side effects that they've read about on the internet. So the 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 most commonly quoted side effects about uh, with regards to finasteride are reduction in libido, erectile dif- dysfunction, and reduced sperm. And most of the young men uh, sperm count. Most of the young men that I see in my practice will say sexually active. They want to have abs- a good head of they hair. They say, what's the point? of having hair if I'm losing all of that. I'd much rather lose my hair. Now, the fact is that the studies have been done and they show that 1% of men who use this product will suffer from those conditions. Okay. Only one in a hundred. The vast majority of men will not um, experience any of those side effects. What about women? Good question. So can women use finasteride? We generally don't give finasteride to women of childbearing age for a very uh, important reason. The, the male fetus needs high levels of DHT um, to develop its male sexual organs. Ah, if this you, gets back to what you're explaining uh, about DHT and how it reverses everything. Absolutely. So ah. if, a, if a woman falls pregnant with a, a male fetus, and she's taking finasteride, it can affect the development of a male fetus. Um, so we generally don't give finpecia to women uh, with, male, uh, with male pattern or male type hair loss. Um, we can give fin- finasteride to postmenopausal women, but unfortunately the results that we see are not as good as they are in men. And we think the reason is because female hair loss um, a, a large player in that, um, you know, that spectrum is the estrogen hormone. And so female hair loss is a lot more complex than uh, male pattern hair loss. I'm speaking to Dr. Ryan Jankalovitz. He's a specialist in hair restoration. If you've got any questions, you're welcome to send them through on 34519. That's the SMS line. Those SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can also send a WhatsApp or a Telegram. And here's the number, 061-895-1019. Lots of questions coming through. Uh, thank you very much. Um, unsigned says, um, is alopecia a form of cancer? So why, why, yeah, why would why, they ask that? Why? And the reason is I think well, a, lot I of, a lot of people associate the chemotherapy uh, and the hair loss related to chemotherapy yeah. with, uh, you know, with cancer. Uh, but alopecia... Um, you can have this massive telogen effluvian that we were speaking of, this huge shedding of hair as a result of 
chronic medication, one of them being the chemotherapeutic drugs used to treat cancer, but certainly not. Alopecia is not a form of cancer. Why do uh, chemotherapy drugs cause hair loss? Good question. Um, that ties back into the two phases, the roughly speaking two phases of hair growth. What happens is that chemotherapy shifts all your hair into the same phase. So your hair all goes into the rest phase at the same time. And often chemotherapeutic patients will tell you that their hair starts to fall out at about three to four months after their chemo started. And so what's happening is that those hairs that were in that uh, rest phase are now shed, but they're all shed. So 100% of the hairs on your head are now in the rest phase and they are all shed at the same time. As long as you're on that drug, the hairs don't grow. As soon as you stop your chemotherapy, about three months, three to four months later, the new little vellus hairs start to emerge through the skin. Um, that actually it, makes sense because yeah. you're, somebody undergoing chemotherapy, their body is fighting so many different, you know, you've got all your systems, everything is in crisis mode. The last thing that your body needs to be concentrating on is growing hair. You know, use your energy elsewhere. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough. But it's uh, brilliant like that. Yeah. One of the ways of reducing hair loss uh, during chemotherapy is to use cooling systems or ice, ice packs yes, on the scalp. Yes, why is that? Because if you reduce the blood flow to the scalp, you reduce the exposure of those follicles to the drug. And Excellent. so, yeah, those, those, those follicles don't respond as severely to... It's one of those ice caps. Absolutely. It's like a, it's like absolutely. absolutely. So that, that, that's one way of reducing the hair loss. Okay, very good. Uh, is alopecia itchy? Different, that's, a, that's an interesting good, question. Not all alopecias are, but many people, when they're experiencing hair loss, do feel some kind of itch. Uh, often it's a histamine reaction. Um, but we're not sure why some people feel an itch and others don't. So it's certainly not across the board, but if you are noticing itching and then subsequent hair loss, uh, it certainly can be used as a warning sign. You know that if you've seen it in the past, if your scalp starts itching, you may. And, and this is to si this is to differentiate between conditions such as. Um, uh, dandruff or uh, seborrheic dermatitis. This is specifically an itch in the skin uh, related to the release of the hair follicle. All right. A message that has come through from one of our listeners that actually phoned our office. Gosh. <laughs> so I've got a, a handwritten okay. note here. All right. It says, I've been using minoxidil. Yes. For a few years, the pharmacy says I can get the 2% version over the counter and 5% version only with the script. Yes. So I use it twice as much. Uh, is the alcohol solution in which minoxidil um, is dissolved harmful to my brain? Because I put the pure alcohol directly onto my scalp twice a day. No. Absolutely not. So, uh, we were looking at a picture of the scalp. Uh, okay, so let's, let's, cause, okay, so just explain the, the hair follicle. I think most people will kind of know from skincare ads. Yes. You know, well, this is a hair follicle. Yes. And, yeah. So you've, you've got this little hair that goes into your skin and it's yes. got like a little pocket around it. That's right. So we, we, as we divide the hair into essentially two or three main sections. Uh, there's the shaft of hair, which 
you and I would call a hair, and that is actually dead protein. It's a protein called keratin. It's the same protein that you have in your nails, and also the same protein that makes the very outer layer of your skin, the epidermis. So keratin is what makes up the hair shaft, and then below the skin, about four millimeters under the surface of the skin, is the bulb of the hair. Uh, what we call the follicle, but the follicle is actually both components. That bulb is where the tiny little hair cells lie, and they are on a daily basis producing this protein called keratin. So a hair is actually like a tree, very similar to a tree. Layer upon layer of keratin is being put down, as that keratin is laid down, so that shaft of hair is becoming longer and thicker and darker. There are pigment cells also in that uh, little bulb, and they they give us the color of our hair. So um, on a daily basis, uh, more and more pigment and more and more keratin is being laid down, and that hair is getting longer and thicker and darker. The longer a hair stays in the growth phase, the longer it gets, the darker it gets, the thicker it gets. Now, a normal growth phase in a healthy hair, this is very interesting. This is very interesting. Anything from two to six years. So every hair on your head that's in its growth phase can will grow continuously for up to six years. So if you if you we cut it to keep the length manageable, but that hair is getting thicker on a daily basis. So a hair that's in a... Well, that's good news. Absolutely. So a hair that's in a six-year growth phase is going to be significantly thicker than a hair that's in a six-month growth phase. And that's how miniaturization happens. So when we were talking about male pattern hair loss, all that's happening is that growth phase is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter, starting as early as puberty. And eventually that follicle's growth phase is eliminated altogether. The follicle dies, you've got bald skin. If you can block the effect of that DHT hormone, you can allow that follicle to continue in its growth phase. And that's why we say 100% of guys who use the tablet will no longer lose uh, their hair. And 60% of them will, uh, will actually, those very fine miniaturized hairs, now have the chance of growing back into these very thick terminal hairs. And I know we did jump off the the topic of the side effects of the finasteride, which we can get back to. But just to answer your last caller's um, question, there's absolutely no risk to the brain. Uh, The brain is a good centimeter below uh, or more below the surface of the skin. You've got. And I learned there's a layer of fat. Yeah, we saw it. We've got (laughs) we've got a thick layer of fat, uh, uh, you know, between our skin and our and our uh, our skull. And uh, uh, so there's absolutely no risk at all. Um, The only issue with the minoxidil 5%, is that a lot of doctors are recommending using an 8% and a 9% and an 11% solution. You know, more is better. More is not always better. Absolutely. And the truth is that there's no evidence to show that these 8 and 9 and 10 and 11% solutions do anything uh, more other than give you more risk of side effects. So they may accelerate the rate at which the hair growth will, but the end result will be the same, and you just run the risk of more side effects. Okay, can we please talk about um, 
have we have we finished talking about the what's it called Fimpisha? So the only things to say about the Fimpisha is that only one in a hundred men are affected. If you stop the tablet, if you that very unfortunate, so you can either have a nice you know head of hair or. So I have to tell you, I've been on Fimpisha for. 16 years, 17 years. I started taking it when I was in medical school. And it's the only reason I have. Did you start losing your hair? I did. My hair started thinning and I've got a strong family. I've got a strong family history of male pattern hair loss. Um, I knew I was going to lose my hair. I started on the tablet and I never ever lost my hair. And it's really the only reason is that I've had I've had two healthy children, uh, been married for 16 years, you know, everything's working. Um, the vast majority of men in our practice use the tablet. It becomes even more important once you've had a hair transplant to continue on the tablet, especially our middle-aged younger patients, and we can discuss why if you'd like. Uh, but the fact is that uh, there is a tablet available that will stop your hair from falling out. And if you want to know more about it, speak to your doctor. Um, don't just read about the side effects on the Internet. It's more uh, scare tactics than anything else. All right. Anonymous has got a question for you. Sure. Um, if you've got any questions for Dr. Jankolovitz, Dr. Ryan Jankolovitz, then please send them through 34519. That's the SMS line, or alternatively on WhatsApp, 061-895-1019, or that same number for Telegram. Uh, from Anon, says, uh, Is it important to do bloods when I'm suffering from alopecia to see what my body is lacking? And how important are supplements in treating alopecia? That's fantastic. I'm going to add another question. What are the best vitamin supplements to take if you want to just keep healthy hair? Right. So that's a very good question. Um, If you are noticing that you are shedding more hair, in other words, that 50 to 100 hairs that you – we say we see every day. Suddenly, your brush, exactly, yeah. your brush is suddenly full of hair, your and chair. you're seeing through your to yeah. your scalp. Or when your oh. hair is wet, suddenly. But this is important. This is not. We're not talking about this gradual male pattern hair loss. We're talking about large quantities of hair that are suddenly visible on your bed or in your brush. It's worth going to your doctor and having a set of blood tests. The important ones, the most important, I would say, are iron and uh, thyroid. thyroid. Those two are, are very common causes of uh, telogen effluvium, uh, which is this chronic shedding. And until they are treated properly, that shedding will continue. You can try minoxidil, you can try caffeine shampoos and horse shampoo. Until you sort out those two underlying conditions, you will continue to have hair loss. Now, not everyone with those conditions will get hair loss, but they are very common. So always worth having a a thyroid uh, TSH test and an iron ferritin test to see what your levels are. And that's very important, especially when people are taking drugs like um, Nexium. Absolutely. Any proton pump inhibitor, uh, Nexium, Trustan, any any of those, that actually prevents your body from absorbing being able to Right, absorbing certain nutrients and converting, I think, hemoglobin or whatever it is. But... have your iron checked if you're on For any sure. of those Absolutely. Um, drugs. You know, and, and, and even the reverse, interestingly enough, you know, if people are using large quantities of anti-inflammatories, they may have some bleeding, gastric bleeding. 
losing small amounts of blood on a daily basis can make you iron deficient. Yeah. Uh, especially women with very heavy periods, they should also check to see that their iron levels are not low. Okay, we have to talk about transplants because I want to find out. Okay. So, a hair transplant. Yes. A hair transplant. You yes. take the entire follicle. Yes, we do. We and you take it from where? Good question. So, can you take it from? Any part of the body. You can. You can. Can you really? You can and, it'll grow, and it'll grow in your and head? It will, grow. You, it will grow. And in fact, it slowly starts to take on the, the characteristics of the area in which it's planted. So if you took a chest hair and oh, you planted it. Oh, that's a, a relief. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I know exactly why you say that. But the truth is that, look, the, the difference between scalp hair and hair on the rest of your body is that scalp hair tends to grow in little clusters. We call them follicular units. So little families, if you look under a microscope, you can see that from any opening on the skin. You never skin, just have one, one hair coming out of one You sometimes fiber. do. Oh, do you? You do, often towards the front of your temples. But as a rule, there's usually two to four, two to five hairs. And they yeah. in all different stages of that growth phase. Which is why no one area of your head is ever without hair unless you have a condition. That's amazing. So you've got these little, on the top of your head, you've usually got clusters of hair, but on the rest of your body, it's usually one hair emerging from each opening. So it's, 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 it's a much more, uh, time consuming procedure to remove chest hair and Try and improve the quality of the hair on your scalp But it can be done As a rule though We use what we call hair from the safe zone Now it doesn't matter how bald a man gets He will never lose the hair In that horseshoe Above his ears Round the back of his head Yes That's the bizarre thing the hair only on the hair on the top of the head is affected by this hormone. The hair on the back and the sides loves the DHT hormone. So what we do is we take hair from those sections and we can take it in two ways, either removing a strip of skin, that's called the strip procedure. We then dissect that strip under a microscope uh, into those individual follicular units. And uh, those follicular units are then individually planted in the angle direction that hair naturally grows on the scalp. The other way of extracting the hair, a more uh, recent technique, in a sense, and I'll tell you why I say that, um, is called FUE, follicular unit extraction. There instead, in which you happen, uh, when I was researching you, I saw that you are an expert in this. Well, You're a specialist I, in this. So that's the main uh, form of hair transplant that I do. Larry's been doing follicular unit uh Transplants, the FUT or strip, yes, for about 20 years now. Um, I've only been doing follicular unit extractions for three, four years, but um, it's a very rapidly advancing uh, form area of of hair transplants, and many men choose and women choose it as the preferred technique, but it is not necessarily better than the strip, and that's very important. Both have their pros and cons. And the final end result is identical, regardless of which uh, you choose, as long as you choose a good surgeon. But um, essentially, hair transplantation is a relocation program. We're taking hair from one part of the scalp and moving it to another. And that hair will never fall out. That's the amazing thing, is because it comes and from that... that possibly the only 
cure. So otherwise, all otherwise you can only treat alopecia. There's no there's no yes. real cure. Everything for else it. is a treatment. Yeah. Um, there are other options besides for transplants. Um, you know, men who have lost most of their hair, uh, they are. Um, I think they call them hair. Uh, not a unit. It's got another name where it's, 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 it's in, in essence, it's a toupee, but it's the modern day version of that. And the, the quality is remarkable. There's definitely a place for that in, in hair loss. The important thing is that, um, people need to understand, our public needs to realize the difference between that unit and a transplant. One is natural, your own hair that's going to grow for the rest of your and life. And you're going to be able to brush and wash and it, it's your hair. Cut it, it's and going it will to behave grow. exactly yes. like your hair. Yeah. Um, whereas the other is matched to your hair. Uh, a, a thin silicone membrane is stuck down onto the scalp once the scalp's treated and it can be a very, very useful treatment for anyone who has issues with their hair loss. The important thing, and I think that's where it's important that uh, advertisers, etc., you know, that's where the uh, the ethical dilemma comes in, yeah, is, um, you know, just making sure people understand what they're getting. One is a transplant, one is a hair unit. I, I think that we have just scratched the surface. Of the scalp. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but don't split any hairs about it. Thank you very, very much, Dr. Ryan Jankalovitz. Um, if you want to get in touch with Dr. Jankalovitz, perhaps, you know, you found that, uh, radio was just too public a forum to address your questions, then, uh, get to the web- website medhair.co.za and, uh, you'll be able to contact him through the website. That's probably the best Best way to contact you, Dr. Jankalovitz. So uh, that's medhair.co.za. You can get hold of him or Dr. Larry Gershowitz. Thank you very, very much for joining me. Thank you for all of the questions. I'm sorry that we didn't get through all of them, but uh, we'll be back same time, same place next week. God bless. Be good. Love yourself. Bye. Medical Monday is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Discam, pharmacist who care.